Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Join us every other Wednesday when we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science, as well as the ins and outs of Good Dog and how our platform can help you successfully run your breeding program. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Dog Pod, where we discuss all things related to canine health, research, how Good Dog helps breeders run their breeding programs, and so much more. I'm Nicole, the breeder community lead here at Good Dog, and I'm back with you with another breeding business-focused episode to pull back the curtain on what we do here at Good Dog. For this week's episode, I'm joined by Jackson, who is the head of operations at Good Dog, and today we'll be talking about Good Dog's payment operations team and how we work to keep good breeders and good dog buyers safe from scammers and the steps that you can take to keep your program safe from scammers. So without further ado, let's get things started. So Jackson, thank you so much for joining us today on the Good Dog Pod. Do you want to start off by introducing yourself and what you do here at Good Dog? Sure. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. My name is Jackson Fertizzi. I'm the head of operations here at Good Dog, which means I wear a lot of hats and help with a lot of different stuff. Do you wear your Good Dog hat when you're helping with that stuff? I do wear my Good Dog hat. I actually keep my, well, I have a few different Good Dog hats. I won't lie, but I keep one at the office. And every time I arrive to the office, I put it on. It's like I'm a construction worker showing up and putting my hard hat on for a hard day of work. It helps put you in the dog breeder mentality. That's how I feel when I wear it. Absolutely. I just, I get very locked in. I'm fully in the mindset. I'm in good dog mode. (laughs) So when you're in good dog mode and you and your team are in good dog mode, what is some of the work that you're doing? Great question. So there's a ton of different stuff to be totally honest. Let's not go all into it today. And I think most germane to what we're talking about today is one of my teams is the payment operations team. And that helps work on all of the stuff having to do with payment by good dog, including any kind of scams, fraud, bad actors, anything like that. It can be, as you might imagine, a ton of work. Some weeks are really smooth. Some weeks are not quite as smooth. So I talk about this on this podcast a lot, that technology is obviously this really great thing. I think good dog would not exist without it. But with all of the tech that we have at our fingertips constantly, it leaves room for a lot of scammers to reach us in a lot of different ways. Speaking from personal experience in my personal life, I feel like I get these text messages all the time now from like my fake Amazon account saying that there's a problem with my order, my account's been compromised, and it has the craziest looking link that I've ever seen. And this is like constant. And that's just one way that these scammers are reaching me. I get phone calls, I get all of these things. So I know that's just speaking in my world, but in the dog world, I know scams are really one of the most prevalent issues that breeders are facing and buyers alike. So what are some of the top of mind security concerns in the dog world right now to you? Yeah, great question. I think your exact experience is why everyone kind of understands this. I weirdly get text messages all the time in my personal life with people pretending to be someone I've played golf with or I met on the golf course or something, I've never played golf in my life. I think <laughs> it's a very kind of common like, ah, two businessmen met on the golf course and I'm getting back in touch or something like that. We've also had internally at Good Dog, Josh, one of our founders, our CEO, 
We've had scammers text Good Dog employees pretending to be Josh saying, oh, hey, I need an important errand. And then you've got your CEO supposedly texting you, asking you to buy Amazon gift cards at CVS and send you the code or something like that. Like it can be really crazy. Now, the dog world specifically, I think one of the reasons that you see so much of this in the dog world is one, high transaction value. I think we all know that getting a wonderful puppy, a wonderful dog can be a pretty expensive transaction. So even one successful scam can get you kind of a lot of money versus like a lot of things you might see commonly sold online. The other is, is there a transaction in the entire world with a stronger emotional connection than buying a dog? Buying this cute little puppy that you've seen pictures with. Oh my God, you're so excited. Your family's so excited. We are so, so excited for this. And scammers really trade on that emotional connection and that high emotional level. And then the other side is breeders can be a really good target because a lot of breeders, again, as we know, are really doing this as a passion project. It's not like they're some huge company that has, oh, a ton of overhead and all this money and just transactions flowing all the time. So when a breeder is trying to place one of their dogs, that's a really exciting moment for the breeder as well. And the breeder gets really excited if they get taken in by you know, a really good scammer who pretends to be this wonderful family, this wonderful home for the dog. It can be a real incentive on the breeder side too, where they're really excited to place this dog. All that excitement, all that emotion gets really wrapped up and makes it a fairly effective industry, unfortunately, to scam. And what challenges has your team faced specifically? Because your team really is on the front lines with the scammers, protecting our breeders and our buyers from them. So are there any specific challenges that have kind of surfaced for your team? Sure. I mean, it's really interesting to see. So one of the things that really happens is, and this is a theme throughout the fraud world, is I've talked to other people at other companies who work in security, fraud, anti-scam, whatever that might be. Even outside the dog world, a lot of times what you're doing is you're really running behind these scammers. Because while this is just our job, for a lot of scammers, it's their whole life. And they're constantly innovating, figuring out new scams to run, figuring out new ways to perpetrate fraud. So we're always trying to keep up with them. And when we can, stay one step ahead. As I'm sure everyone listening knows, there can be a lot of craziness in the breeding world already. You know, all sorts of people, you get all kinds reaching out to try to get dogs. So trying to decipher between what looks legitimate, what isn't, can be really, really difficult. And we're able to see with so much messaging on platform, it's actually a great way that we're able to keep breeders safe, is with that messaging on platform, we're able to watch that. If communications go off platform, All of a sudden, we're totally in the dark. I understand how that can be easier or feel easier in a lot of ways, but that actually removes one big way that we're able to really keep people safe. And then to talk about the challenges themselves, you know, we've seen people pretending to be breeders. We've seen people taking over legitimate breeders' accounts and trying to take advantage of their good name as quickly as possible to try to perpetrate some scam. People buying dogs with stolen credit cards people buying dogs with fake bank accounts through ACH transfers. It just really runs the gamut. If you can try it, it's been tried and they're coming up with new stuff. Yeah. And I like what you mentioned about 
keeping messages on the Good Dog platform because one of my favorite parts about my role is that I get to work really closely with our product team to make sure that what we're building really works for breeders. And that's a large part of the reason why we developed the Good Dog Breeder app for our breeders of our community because we understood that breeders really needed a way to keep their conversations with buyers going on the go and that our messaging platform for desktop was great if you have time to sit in front of your computer, but if you're a dog breeder and maybe you have a litter of puppies and you have to take them to the vet and you can be at the vet for hours at a time and you don't want to miss keeping up conversations with buyers, you can now use the app to keep conversations safe. So you can do that from the palm of your hand and your phone. You can do it on your desktop. We made it easier recently for you to call buyers through the mobile app as well, because that was a huge piece of feedback we heard. So yeah, I think it's really great that you mentioned that that is a huge way that at Good Dog, we're able to keep readers safe and we're really working to make our products better, specifically your messaging products so that it's easier for readers to use. So yeah, I love that you mentioned that. And are there any specific dog breeds that have been a big target of these online scams that your team has seen? So that's a really good question. And it's really easy to name those breeds because it's the top breeds that you see in the news as the most popular dogs in the country. You know, if I had to say the number one breed that we see involved in scams, fraud, things like that are French Bulldogs. Well, if you Google most popular dogs 2023, right there at the top is French Bulldogs. Then, you know, Labrador Retrievers, German Shepherds, Bulldogs, Poodles, It just really runs down the list because what these fraudsters are trying to do is they're trying to do exactly this. They're going for the most popular dogs. If they're trying to buy a dog and then resell it, why wouldn't they want the most popular dog? If they're trying to target the most breeders possible, why wouldn't they go for a really popular dog breed? I want to pause and say that doesn't mean, hey, if you're out there as one of the only breeders of this really niche dog breed that is not very popular, of course, you love it but it's not out there in popular culture or anything like that. That also, I don't want to be scary or anything like that, doesn't mean you're necessarily safe. But in terms of where we see the most scams and frauds targeted and perpetrated, it is with our most popular dog breeds. Yeah. Scammers, if anything, are very well-read and well-researched in the worlds in which they're executing their scams. So It definitely does make sense that some of the most popular breeds are also some of the most popular targets for scammers. And just to kind of echo what you said, that we don't want to make things seem scary and hopeless and that this is just the world we live in. Can we talk a little bit about some of the precautions that we take here at Good Dog that prevent bad actors from ever reaching our breeders? Totally. So this is pretty exciting stuff because this has been something that I've seen change a lot and have helped grow in just the past few years that I've been at Good Dog. So one thing that's really cool that we pull on is machine learning. So this is, I always imagine it as just like a gigantic computer off somewhere really far away that's just always working to help us. So when a payment comes through our payment platform, which again, much like messaging on platform, using our payment platform is just one of the best ways to stay safe. We're using just a ton of data and risk factors to actually identify with a risk score how risky a payment is. And then we can create rules on top of that that look for certain risk scores or certain other attributes. 
one of the best that we've seen is the distance between your IP address, and that's the approximate address that your computer logs when it connects to the internet, and the billing address of the credit card. Now, you might be saying, well, what if someone's on vacation or what if someone's traveling to see me? And so they're not near where their billing address is. That can totally happen. That's why we have a team reviewing each one of these. But what that really helps to catch is people using stolen credit cards. Because the way that people get stolen credit cards, I don't know if everyone knows this, it's not, oh, I found this wallet on the ground. Let me take this credit card home and go do a scam real quick. No, you can buy these on the internet. So if a website gets hacked, that has your credit card. But we'll get these emails from time to time. A website that you use got compromised. We recommend you change your password, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes when that happens, scammers will get access to a bunch of credit cards. And then they'll sell those to other scammers online. So now that scammer has it. They're using that to come out and try to buy a dog or buy whatever. In our case, we're concerned with dogs, right? And then besides that, we've got a bunch of authentication tools that we've just really recently been rolling out. Some of y'all may have heard about this from some of your buyers, although I would suspect you're probably not hearing about it because it's actually really easy and really simple to use for legitimate buyers, but really helps to weed out these illegitimate bad actors and scammers. What you'll see is it'll be just like a pop-up after you put in all your payment information, you hit confirm, you hit pay, and then you get this pop-up confirming it's you in some way. It's from your credit card company, it's from your bank, and maybe they're sending a code to your phone. Maybe you have to open up the banking app on your phone to get this code. It's really easy, only takes a few seconds, but it's really, really crucial to understanding who is actually putting in that credit card and understanding that it's the right person. And this is something we're really exploring a lot. And it's this concept, it's what we call friction, because it's so easy to think, oh, we want the payment process to be as easy as possible. Yes, of course we do. But if we can add just a few seconds to that payment, and that few seconds doesn't really bother someone who is so excited about getting their dog, they're putting their credit card in. Sure, I'll put in this code. That's no problem. Great. We're done. Everyone is safe. But to a scammer, all of a sudden that pop-up comes and they're thinking, oh gosh, I don't have that code. Oh gosh, are they on to me? I better get out of here. I better not try to scam good dog. I better leave this breeder alone, et cetera. And this is this idea of good friction. And it's actually something that at Good Dog, I think we have a real advantage in, as opposed to, let's say you're on just some normal, you know, you're buying some whatever toilet paper or a shirt or whatever online, whatever you might be buying online. If there's too many steps in that process, it might be like, I'm just going to go buy this at a different store. Like, I'm not that invested in this shirt that I just got an ad for or this new vacuum or kitchen tool or whatever, some gadget. But with a transaction on Good Dog, a lot of those are coming after weeks or months of back and forth in our messaging platform with you, the breeder, where you're sharing photos, you're sharing videos, you're sharing updates. They've picked out that dog. You know, it almost, we get to that payment platform and it's like, how many steps could we really put in before someone wouldn't go through with that payment? You know, I think a legitimate person would be actually excited to know, wow, this feels really safe. I don't mind this extra step or two. I'm so excited about this transaction. Whereas a scammer, 
wouldn't be able to get through those steps or would get scared off by them. So that's how we think about good friction. It's always going to be a balance. Obviously, we don't want our payment platform to be preposterously frictionful or complicated to push people away. But just that one or two little extra steps that seem really easy can do so much work to push away those scammers. So that's something we're really excited about exploring. Yeah, and I think what you were saying about buyers almost expecting it and wanting to see that kind of friction there makes a lot of sense because purchasing a puppy is such a special purchase. You're not doing it every day, like you said, with toilet paper or t-shirts, examples like that. So I think it does really reinforce the idea to buyers that are also coming to Good Dog that we are really here to protect them and keep them safe. All right, everyone, you are listening to the Good Dog Pod. We'll be right back. E-contracts on GoodDog are a convenient, free, and secure way to collect legally binding electronic signatures or e-signatures from buyers. E-contracts replace the need for paper contracts and help keep everything organized and in one place for a seamless experience. Your contracts will be stored safely on your GoodDog dashboard so you can access them at any time you need them. You can upload any contract template you like and it will be saved in your library for future use. No more rustling through papers or worrying if your puppies might have accidentally shredded your latest batch of contracts. You put your all into your program and you deserve protection and peace of mind when you send your puppy off to their forever home. I know many breeders pay for similar services elsewhere, but Good Dog provides e-contracts completely for free to members of our community. If you aren't yet a member of our Good Breeder community, you can sign up today to access e-contracts on Good Dog by visiting gooddog.com slash join. So those are really great things that you shared about what we're doing on Good Dog's end to keep breeders and buyers safe. But are there some tips that you can offer breeders that they can do proactively to keep themselves and their programs safe from scammers? I think this one is really important and a reason that I was really excited that you invited me on the podcast today because so much of the work I do is behind the scenes. So much of the work my team does is behind the scenes. And I think getting this information out to breeders as much as possible is one of, if not the biggest thing we can do to try to keep people safe. So there's a number of things that we see, a number of patterns And again, nothing is ever going to be foolproof. For every scammer out there that seems so obvious and, oh my gosh, how could this ever work? This guy seems so bad at what he's doing. There's going to be the one that is just, you know, a master criminal or whatever. But there's a lot you can do to keep yourself as safe as possible. Things we see are people who are trying to move way, way, way too fast. You know, you get their application And as soon as you reach out to say, hey, I loved your application, I'd love to get to know more about you, all they're saying is like, how much, where can I send the money? And I can totally understand how that can feel really exciting. Okay, I've got this litter coming up, all these dogs aren't spoken for, that could be kind of nerve wracking. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here's a buyer that's so excited and they want to move so fast and I can close this out so quickly. Well, that's exactly what the scammer wants to do as well. They want to close this out. They want to move so, so fast. Application to payment to pickup, being just in a few days there, that is one of, if not the best indication of a scammer. Again, caveat on all this, there can be totally legitimate people doing this as well. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But I just want to name a few other warning signs. 
also with that, with that speed, with them really pushing to get to the dog, get to the payment step, is if they're not asking questions. You know, I think y'all have all experienced these buyers that are so excited and, oh, hey, what kind of food do you recommend? What kind of bed do you recommend? Like, what should I be doing in my first week? They're really excited. They're also really nervous and they want to be the best dog owners they can be once they pick up this puppy. The folks that are just how much and when, if that's their only two questions, I would just stop and be a little suspicious of that. What is going on there? Why are they trying to move so fast? Why aren't they curious about this new living thing that they're about to invite into their lives? You know, even someone who's saying, you know, like, oh my gosh, ever since I've had a kid, we've had this breed. This will be my sixth one, you know, whatever, like they're much older now. Even they should be thinking about and asking specific questions. Like how comfortable could you really be? So it's really that speed. And then what I would say is trust your judgment, trust your intuition. And I'm not saying as soon as someone feels sketchy or something feels a little weird, you cut off communications and you say no. The best thing you can do, just let us know a good dog. Email, text, call your specialist, your relationship manager here at Good Dog and let them know, hey, I'm talking to this buyer and something just feels a little off. They're trying to move so fast or their questions are pretty strange. Another thing to really watch out for is if they say they live one place and all of a sudden it seems like maybe they live another or any details don't match up from the conversation to their application, just when anything feels a little off, you don't even have to say anything to them. You don't have to make yourself the bad guy. You don't have to put your relationship in jeopardy. Kick it over to us. Send us an email. Send us a text message. Give us a call. Let us know. Let us do our jobs, which is investigating this. And then we can tell you, hey, really good eye on this one. We're going to take a closer look. Or our team looked into it. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. This one looks like it's fine. This looks like a great match. Y'all should keep talking. So I would just really recommend looking out for those inconsistencies, looking out for that kind of real speed in transaction and pickup, but really just trusting yourself, trusting your own instincts, trusting your own intuition and looping us in to help you as best we can. Yeah, I love that you mentioned trusting your gut, but then also really relying on the good dog team, especially the good dog specialist, because you said this earlier in our conversation, so many breeders, I think a majority of breeders that are on good dog, especially they're operating under a very small team of people, even if it's just one to five people running their program. And, you know, they don't have the luxury of a huge amount of overhead and a huge team and someone dedicated to catching scammers like we do. So for anyone listening to this, I just want to reiterate Jackson's point that our team is always here for you to take that second look. And we never want you to feel like you have to be the only one making these decisions when you're working with good dog applicants and that our team really does have your back 100%. So the way I like to end these conversations is always looking ahead to the future because I feel like there's so much forward thinking in the dog world. So one of my last questions for you, because our work at Good Dog is really never done. And like you said, the world of online pet scams is always changing, always growing more sophisticated, especially as our technology changes. What is some of the work that your team has on the horizon? Or can you talk about any recent learnings that have helped inform future work for your team? 
Totally. Yeah. We're really excited about new stuff that's coming up, both what we know and just the possibilities. Because like I said earlier, things have changed so much in the past two years. Like that authentication step I was talking about, after someone uses a credit card, they get this pop-up where they're putting in some additional information to prove that that's them. Two years ago, that basically wasn't being used at all. Now, something like 85% of banks and credit cards use that. So that's a really, really powerful tool for us. Besides that, you know, I talked about machine learning already. I think there's a lot more to be done there. And there's lots of companies that we've actually just started to talk to who have even more advanced capabilities. So we'll be able to bring in even more advanced warning signs to all of this. And then to be perfectly honest, you know, we've been talking a lot internally about how best to educate our breeder population, our buyer population on what scams look like, how to look out for them, and to always, always, always come to us when you see anything suspicious. What we've really learned and a lesson we learned over and over and over again is how important leveraging our community is, how important the knowledge of our community is. And when we're working together as much as possible, that's when we're all at our best. And I think that's really, really crucial. And that might not sound as cool or as sexy as, you know, machine learning or authentication or anything like that. But it's those open lines of communication that are going to really, really make the difference for us. And so that's something that I'm always really excited about. I think that was the perfect note to end this conversation on because it is true. This might not be, you know, the coolest way to talk about how we're combating scams, but I think really using this podcast our Facebook lives, our Facebook group, our emails, whatever it may be for how we're reaching you. I'm using those lines of communication to talk about payments, to talk about scams, to talk about these things openly is really the first step into protecting everyone in the future and really making a big change so that these dog scammers are a thing of the past once and for all. So yeah, I feel like that is the perfect way to end this conversation. Is there anything else you want to add before I let you go back to the world of protecting our breeders? I've already held you up for like 30 minutes. So what's happening out there? (laughs) Actually, I feel extremely confident that our team is taking care of (laughs) anything that's going on. Often I feel like I'm just in the way of them actually doing what needs to get done. But no, I really, really enjoyed being here. I've always thought the Good Dog Pod is very cool. I feel very honored to be invited. And I think, yeah, all I can say in closing is I feel like repeating myself, but just communication solves so many things. Please, please, please reach out to us. Let us help. We're really, really excited about making this as safe a space as we possibly can for all of us and all of us growing together. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this week's episode. We really enjoyed this opportunity to share more with you about the behind the scenes work that's happening at Good Dog every day to keep readers and buyers safe and protected. Thank you again for listening. And we'll be back here on May 3rd for Dr. Delgado's episode all about Giardia and other intestinal parasites. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Good Dog Pod. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode, so be sure to subscribe to The Good Dog Pod on your favorite podcast platform.